Are you ready to embark on your journey to thriving at any age? Take charge of your life and career with insights shared by Lucy Cranker on the Happy Thrive Vibes podcast. Listen to the full episode for empowering stories, practical tips, and a dose of positivity that will inspire you to break free from age-related stereotypes and pursue your passions fearlessly. Don't miss out on the opportunity to reshape your mindset, find work-life balance, and foster stronger family connections. Join the movement toward a more fulfilling life by tuning in now. Welcome to the Happy Thrive Vibes podcast, where we explore the pathways to a joyful, fulfilled life through insightful discussions, practical tips, and inspiring stories that empower you to thrive and embrace your passions. I'm your host, Lara, and I'm excited to get started. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We have my dear friend, Lucy Cranker, who I've known probably 25 years now. Yeah, probably at least, right? At least 25 years. And as long as I've known Lucy, she is a determined, positive force to be reckoned with. She is a mom, a grandma, a daughter. She recently lost her mom and we all were devastated because her mom was probably the most fun mom and grandma I've ever seen in my life um, or met. And she could definitely hold her own, especially in Vegas. Um, So Lucy and I used to work together a long time ago in the bank um, in Harbor Federal when Harbor Federal was, now it's no longer. And she works for Caliber Home Loans now. I hate just FYI as a plug. I mean, I live in the Keys and Lucy has financed anything for me that we've needed in the last 20 years. She's helped me get that loan even when we work together and when we didn't work together. So I trust her implicitly and I send people to her because she is always for the person. She will make sure I know when I go to Lucy for anything that she's going to look out for me. But this isn't an ad for Caliber Home Loans, but she does work there and she's very good at what she does. (laughs) Lucy, how many, I don't even know if you, you probably had lost count, but I know I always see that you're winning awards because even at the, even at the bank, you didn't have the highest, the highest like average mortgage amount, but you had the highest quantity of right. people served. Right. And that so right there never tells really... you you're working for people who yeah. are first time home buyers, you know, newly, newly married, establishing credit. The fact that you had the higher quantity of actual people right. served. It was more units than dollar volume. And that was always, that's always important to me because it's being able to help more people and touch more people. And first time home buyers has always been my passion. So, oh, I don't even, I probably (laughs) 4,000. Oh my gosh. And I mean, every year you win trips, you win everything and you don't try to win the trips or anything. No, it's it's, because people, yeah, I never even really look at my numbers and it's just, you know, looking at who has to get closed, who has to get in their home. So, um, and you've been doing this way before Mark, I know markets are cyclical, but you've been doing this way before the market was just good. You've always been a public servant helping people. I came to the bank and it's been 20 years. And you started started off on the commercial side. I started as an assistant to a loan officer and, and on the commercial side, right? Yes. On the commercial side. And then three years later, moved over to residential as a loan officer terrified in my 40s starting you know a career a fully commissioned career as a single mom with two young kids was that's what I was gonna say a single mom but we had a really supportive environment at the bank I always felt like if I wanted to try something I would always have the support of the people around me yes absolutely 
absolutely. But it was scary because again, you know, commission, not knowing what your pay was going to be, if you were going to get paid and having two young sons at home by yourself. So it was, but it, from the first month, it's been wonderful for the past 20 years. That's amazing. And so 40, starting something new. What yeah, would you say to, actually. what would you say to 42 year olds who are saying, because I work with people all the time who say, I've done this my whole life. I don't, I'm too old to learn something new. I'm too old to, I'm too old to have a second career. No, absolutely. Just, you know, if it's something that you feel passionate about and that you're interested in, it doesn't matter the age. I mean, I'm probably the oldest one in in our office and have been the oldest one in the group since I've been doing uh, mortgages. And I feel just as energetic as if I was 20 years old. So if it's not about your age, if it's a job that, or, um, that you have a passion for, a career that you have a passion for, just go for it because it will, the passion will keep you young and spark well, your energy. But you're a lot like me that, well, I'm sure people tell you you're a workaholic, but and your response is probably that I don't do what I, what I do doesn't feel like work because right. you love it so much. I feel the same way. What I do, I love so much that it doesn't feel like work, Right. but it is work. And I work in a public school system. You work for a lender. I mean, a mortgage broker company. I mean, it is work, but you love it so much, but you, I've messaged you on the weekend just because I got to get it out of my brain. So I've got to send you a message when we're working on something and you messaged me back right away. So you're, you're, you're working seven days a week too. Yeah. How, how do you, cause your kids are active. They, you're a grandma, you're right. constantly doing things and you're so available to your family. You're such a strong family unit. How do you make, how I, do you create boundaries? You know, I think honestly, technology, as much as I was afraid of it is wonderful. Like I can do anything on my phone. Like I, I'm doing now, um, cause I have seven grandchildren and I've been doing day dates with them individually. Cause it's hard. Um, the little ones, you know, they're six years and between two, two years old and six years old. And when they're all together, it's wonderful, but it's chaotic. So I've been doing, <laughs> to say the least. I've been doing day dates individually with each one of them. So tell us about day dates. I've never heard so, of that, but I feel like I need to just, have those with some of my friends. Just to spend the day, like for instance, the it, uh, the first one I did was my grandson, Benjamin. He's four years old. I picked him up from school. He goes to VPK. So he usually is there all day. I picked him up at noon, which was the, when VPK was over. And I picked him up, asked him where he wanted to go to lunch, to wherever he wanted to go. And he picked McDonald's. So we went to McDonald's and then he wanted to go. It's good to, taste. Yeah. And then he wanted to go um, to Defy, which is Flying Panda. It's a trampoline place. Oh, I've seen those. Those look so fun. On, yeah. Did you do that? Did you jump? I didn't do that because I'm afraid I don't want to like get hurt or something. But <laughs> I took him there no. and I, you know, it, it happened that one of his friends was there from school because a lot of the kids get out at noon after oh, the PK. Nice. So he just had fun, like running around, jumping, yelling, grandma, look at me, look at me. And Aww. I was sitting honestly in the massage chair. You pay $7 and you could get a massage. So I sat there, watched him, engaged with him, but I was sometimes on my phone responding to an email, pulling a credit report for the hour that I was there with him. 
and, and getting out. a massage all at the same. Now, yeah, that's a boss right yeah. there. You're getting a massage. You're got eye contact, playing with, with him, him and, and you're pulling work. credit for credit apps. Yeah. That's hilarious. Then we went after that hour. We went, well, we were there for about an hour and a half. Then we went to the video play, uh, super play where they have video games. And we were there for probably another two hours. And truly again, with my phone texting, a lot of people don't even call anymore. It's all text. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, you know, I, I miss that, but like, People don't want to meet face-to-face -face as much. Everything's online. I'll upload my application. I like meeting face-to-face, -face, but many people don't want to do that anymore. Since COVID, it's a whole new world, right? That's true. And then um, at, then after that, I took him to jiu-jitsu for a class, and then I took him home. So we had the whole- So day it's a win-win like, situation because grandma's yeah. taking him to all the places that mom and dad would need to do that. If, yeah. So it, it's- truly a win. Then I did it with my grandson, Oliver, who's six, my grand, then I did a day with Mason, who's six. And the same thing, wherever we were, there was a place where I would be sitting, watching them and working. Like no, nobody knew that I wasn't working because I was working. And my next one is with Michaela, my granddaughter. So I'm a, that's going to be special because it's, she's a girly girl and we're going to a spa. It's called spa abulus. It's a spa for little girls where you oh get mini gosh. pedicures, manicures, makeup. So that'll be Oh, that's cool. so cute. During all that time, I could work. And you know, like, I live 45 minutes away from the office. And right. for, for all those years, I drove back and forth. Every A lot day. of times you worked, you had, you lived where you were 45 minutes both ways. Like you had an office right. so, south for 45 minutes yeah. and, and an office north for 45 minutes. So it wasn't so like I just would one drive direction. Every day back and forth and it was fun. And you'd always people, go to the closings. You were at every closing would, I ever had. People would say, oh my gosh, you drive so far. And it would, it would be like, it's a pleasure after living in New York and traveling on the subway an hour <laughs> each way, holding on to the bar because, and I couldn't reach it. So being <laughs> in my car, on my phone, with the radio, it was fine. But, you know, after, well, during COVID, of course, we couldn't do that. And it, it for me, the timing with my mom starting to, decline and needing mm -hmm. to be with her more because she lived with me working from home was new to me and it was an adjustment but it ended up working out because you're a people person you thrive off of the energy of other yes. people and working with other people and just getting to know other people right and my mom would say because then I was working from home so I set myself up in actually in the dining room I set myself up and she would come in, you know, in and out to the kitchen. She had her room that she would watch TV in and do her thing. But she, I'd be hearing her talking to her friends and she'd be like, oh, Lucy's talk. She talks all day long. She's on the phone all day long. And she felt so engaged in what I was doing every day. She loved being a part of it, you know, just listening to me and being here. So it worked out good that we transitioned to home. And now I do both sometimes home, sometimes office. It depends. Like I said, most people don't want to meet face to face. And I miss that. I can see that. Well, and I didn't even think about that for perfect timing for spending more time with your mom when yeah. she needed you the most. I didn't even right. think about that. I'm yeah. I mean, if there's going to be any silver linings, those something like that would be a silver lining. Yes. It was like the timing, you know, that I was able to be here and be here to, you know, fix her breakfast, her lunch, and just be here during the day to keep her company and share time together 
all that time that I would normally have been away at the office. Your mom was spunky. Yes, she was. She was a yes. spunky man. She was lively yes. and she would just tell you like it is. And she was funny. Yes. And she, the, the thing is, I would always say things to her. You know, she would talk about things from years ago. She would, we'd sit out on the porch at night and she'd tell me the story about how her and my dad met 65 years ago. Detailed, like every detail she remembered. Later on, she forget what time it was. She would literally, towards the end, she would come in to where I was working and say, Lou, what time is it? And I'd say 12 o'clock and she'd go back to her room and come back 10 minutes later and ask me what time it was. But she remembered that about my dad, every story, every detail till the end. Oh, that's sweet. And I always wonder about that. Like, you don't, well, I guess it's short-term memory more. But um, so I, I was glad that those last years I was actually home more and spent more time with her. That's how Tim's mom was. She, um, towards the end, she, she would remember everything from back in the day. I mean, she didn't speak for the last couple of years that she was with us, but um, when she, when her mind, when her memory started going, it, it was nice that she could remember all the happy times from a long right. time ago. That is heartwarming. I mean, yes. You know, and, and he's just saying things mom, to her like, well, now mom, mom, you can hide your own Easter eggs, you know, right. to laugh. <laughs> and my mom, she was 87 when she passed away, but she always wanted to do things. She never wanted to be left out. And she would she travel wanted, too. If we were going to dinner, if we were doing anything, she wanted to be part of it. And she always was, whether it was me or my kids, we were, she always was. And the Vegas trip, if you remember that we went on, that was not a planned trip. That I was that a spur of the moment. My son was going to Vegas to play in the world. And not Series. everything worked out along the way. Like there yeah, were a lot of was, different things yeah. that was like, it could have been yeah. something that everybody was like, this is the worst trip ever, but you right. all, all made the most of it. And it was wonderful time. then, you know, in retrospect that we had that time together. Um, it was, you know, funny, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of laughing, a lot. It was sad for me at some moments, like, my mom loved slot machines. And when we got there, she didn't remember how to use the slot machine. And I had oh. to keep saying to her, push the button, push the button. So that made me sad to see that that like she something that she loved to do so much and she didn't remember what to do. But then I was happy that I was with her because literally after just a short time that I was playing on a slot machine and she was on another one and I had to keep telling her that then the rest of the trip, I didn't play separately. We sat together at the same slot machine the whole time. So it was kind of like that whole trip. We were actually together <laughs> the whole time. And then we, Jonathan was playing in the tournament. So it was just me and her, we'd go to the pool and she'd be, I don't want to put on a bathing suit. And I said, you're putting on a bathing suit. <laughs> and we went to the pool and she had a lot. She had fun no matter where she was. She did. She made fun. She yeah. made fun wherever she was. Yeah. You could tell that about her. Yeah. yeah. So that's a hard thing now because I went to live with my mom when my dad passed away 10 years ago. My mom was 77. She had never been alone in her life. So I went there to stay with her for a little while and I never went back home because she never wanted to be alone. I went and got my clothes and stayed there. 
So now at 61, I'm living alone for the first time. You can come live with life. us, Lucy. All this beautiful house that you helped us get <laughs> many years ago during the pandemic. You can come stay with us. Yeah. So we were talking the other day about multi-generational families and families living in it. Yeah. I mean, you all are so close, and that's so rare these days. There just are. there isn't that closeness anymore. Everybody's going, and it seems like right. like you know, I don't know. It just seems like there's a divide. Like there's just an entitlement and a separation, and and there everyone is siloed. But your whole family was a family unit. Yeah. You know, whatever I, I would think about you, I would think about everybody. Your kids, your grandkids, yeah. your, your mom. I I would think about everybody. And it's you know, and I have sons, which sometimes it's different with sons than daughters. You know, you just have a closer relationship sometimes with a daughter as a mom. And I, I always wanted daughters, but of course I was blessed with my sons, but our relationship. But now you have beautiful daughter-in-laws. So, yes. and how lucky are they because you always wanted them. So now yes. you have them and yes. they have you. My, re my relationship with my sons were so close. And I think it was too, because it was just the three of us for the, when they were growing up. Because I was divorced when they were young. They were five and 10. It was just me and them. And my parents were a big part of their lives all the time because they helped watch them while I worked. So they 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 had that closeness to their grandparents. And then they learned from that about the importance of for their kids to have their grandparents, me and my mom in their kids' lives. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm they're glad. very family oriented themselves. Yes. yes but they're also kind people. I mean, you, you raised kind sons who Thank are you. like you, they serve the community, they serve others who, which one was it that, that was out on a charter and saved a boat that had flipped over. Jonathan. I remember that happened a couple of years ago. I'm yes. sure Jonathan didn't even think anything about right. stopping what he was doing to save those people. Yes. Jonathan. Uh-huh. Yes. It, the other yeah. boat had capsized and there were people on it and he right was and he, he was chartering out on for a someone at the it time. was his charter that he was on and he told his clients that he had to go the other way to help them and he went out there and it, it was crazy because it was a new boat he had just gotten and he had lost his daughter madison and he he had just renamed that boat madison the madison miracle I think that was what it was called. It was Madison. Oh, so sweet. And it was the first time he was taking the boat out when it was after it was renamed. And it had been a couple of months that he had not gone out after losing Madison. So it was the first time the boat went out with the name Madison Miracle that he saved that those people. And, they, and now that's their miracle. Yes. It was actually on the news. The it news. was on the news. We saw it, it down here. That's yeah. how I knew about it. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, but he, and but he, Chris, that's just his nature, but I mean, that's how you raise them both. Right. And Christopher, he's so giving too. He does. He, um, he has a card and memory hobby shop, memorabilia sports, and he's donated, um, first for the habitat auction for healthy start auctions. He donates his product, his memorabilia. He ran toys for tots in his shop last year they really want to give back to the communities and saw, you know, it's, it's where they were raised, you know, they were raised here. Right. 
we were here for 34 years. So that's another oddity, not just the family unit, but also yeah. that people are, my sister is in Vero beach. She was born and raised in Vero beach and she still lives there. I mean, right. It, that is, it's strange for people to be rooted and still stay there. You know, yeah. there's so many transplants. Right. Yeah. So it's a good life. And, you know, it's just, we have struggles like everyone else hurdles like everyone else, but I think it's just the, you know, being positive and just pushing forward and always trying to, you know, take away the negative. Like sometimes, you know, I know with myself, even after my mother passed, right after she passed, I was all energetic and I was going, going, going. And then in June, it kind of hit me and I was just yeah. down and lost. And then what I thought about were my kids. I thought I need to take care of myself because I don't want my kids to have to feel this in the near future. Like I want it to be a long, long time away. Right. And it it kind of mean pick me up to make me take care of myself more. Oh, that's, a, I didn't even kids. think about it that way. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, they're also watching you and, the, and, and they're, they love you so much. And that's a parent and oh, anybody who ever sees you as a family that I can see them being consumed with concern for you. If you were to go down right. the rabbit hole of depression, yeah, which would and be easy to do because you were really close <laughs> with your mom. And it's funny because, you know, if they don't hear from me, Jonathan will call, did you hear? I can't get mom. Did you hear from her? And it's like kind of this every, you know, calling my daughter-in-law's calling my niece. Like if they didn't, if they can't reach me, it's like they're going to send out like the fire, fire squad. They would. <laughs> they would. They would do a wellness yeah. check on you. In a There's this cute story. It's actually my mom. So I had an early morning meeting. And I didn't know about the meeting until late the night before. So I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my assistant. It was an eight o'clock breakfast meeting. I figured by, you know, by time everyone got up and at, I'd be finished. So I had been walking my community every morning. And I would say to my mom, she would get up at tea when she heard me open the door and I'd say, I'm going for my walk. And she'd say, okay. And I'd go for my walk for a little over an hour and then I'd come back and I'd have coffee with my mom. This one morning I said, mom, I'm not going for a walk. I have a breakfast meeting. She said, okay. I said, I'll be back later. I left. I put my phone in my purse on off and I went to my meeting. And it ended up being maybe an hour and a half. When I got back in my car, I looked at my phone. There were a hundred missed calls. It was <laughs> my mom, my son, Jonathan, Ms. Christopher, my assistant, Tracy, like just like a hundred calls. The last one was Tracy. So I hit her first to call back. And I'm like, hello. She's like, oh my God, where are you? Everybody's out looking for you. I'm on my way to Port St. Lucie. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was at breakfast with a colleague and I she said your mom told Chris that you went for a walk and never came back oh no oh she no she didn't remember that I told her that I wasn't going for a walk she called Chris and said your mom never came back from her walk oh so no that's when you Jonathan, knew that you had to change the phone tree so you had Jonathan to change the phone tree. Chris called Jonathan Jonathan came over they're searching the neighborhood they called Tracy Tracy's on her way down and it was not anything other than I my mom set off this fire alarm 
So when I told my mom, I called my mom, she's like, where have you been? You had everybody in an uproar. I said, Ma, I told you I was going to breakfast. She said, oh, yeah. I said, but you called Chris and you told him I never came back. Oh, it's okay. I mean, like, it was just like, it was the funniest thing that after that, I had to make sure I told my kids if right. I was doing something other than the norm. That is so funny. I Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that they would send like firemen out looking for you. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's just, you know, like I said about life, it's, I'm 61. I've gone through a lot of things in life, but I feel like every struggle that I went through just made me stronger to handle the next struggle. Well, and you were telling me that the other day when we were talking, you said something, and I thought it was really just different for how I've seen people handle, you know, when they, you know, when I used to do something that would make my parents distraught, they would let me know for sure. And then, you know, I'd walk on eggshells for three weeks, but you said that, you know, when you were, when the kids were growing up, if one of them did something that you were furious about, you would give them a what for, and then you'd breathe. And then you would call them back and be like, okay, where are we going for dinner? Right. Yeah. I would just, they would always say that, you know, it's just like my, I guess my Italian temper, I would scream and yell at, oh my God, why'd you do that? And go through all that. And like you said, then just hang up the phone and breathe or go in the other room and then come out and say, okay, what are we doing now? And they'd be like, what? At the beginning, when the first, I first, you know, the first happened, they'd be like confused. Later on, they kind of, okay, she'll, she's going to blow up, but she'll be fine in a little while. Well, and it shows them unconditional love. And I'm sure that yes. that's transferred over to how they raise their kids right. and their family and, and how they are in their family, their parental unit as a family. Yes. Yes. And you see a lot of friends, how you raise them now they're like different things that you did for them that were unique to your family that now that's how they're there with their yes. kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they, they always knew that like, they always came first in, in my life. Like I, any, I would do anything to make life good, happy and better for them that no matter what I was going through, it was, it was about them. And yeah, but my, they, they were never spoiled or anything. They never took it for granted. They, they also saw how hard you worked to provide right. for them because they were, they were always like gentlemen. They were good yes. young men. They never were, um, you know, they, they were just really good. Right. Well, I mean, they, they put kids. me through, they put me through a little bit as, you know, teenage boys do right as they were growing up, but, um, turned out to be wonderful partners for their, you know, spouses, wonderful parents to their children and have that, honestly, they have that love for family to be, to do family things together. And that's heartwarming. You don't see that a lot anymore. Right. And if you do, if you look around at a restaurant, you see either two people who are both on their phones, not even having a conversation amongst right. themselves, or you see a family and either the kids are on their phones and not paying attention to what the parents are saying, or the parents are on the phone and not paying attention to what the kids are saying. It's very sad. Right. It's very right. sad. Yeah. We, and we, I mean, we have to remind ourselves, Tim and I, when we go out, sometimes we have to say, can we please be focused? I'll put my phone down if you put your phone down, because it is easy to get sucked into right. when someone sends you a text and you feel like you have to respond right away. Right. 
Uh, and people make fun of me because I, I, my personal cell phone, cause my work phone, like it comes through my computer. So I always know when someone's calling me, but my personal right. phone, <laughs> I, I keep it on mute because whoever I'm talking to at the moment is the most important person, not right. the person who's calling me on my cell phone or texting me. So, you know, people know if they need to get in touch with me, they probably just should call Tim because my phone's going to be on silent. And it's funny because Jackson, you know, Jackson, he's my 16 year old grandson. Mm -hmm. my oh, first he's. Grandson. He's we went out to dinner one night and he asked grandma, can we put our phones away for dinner? And I put it away, shut off for the whole entire dinner. Not eat, We didn't even have them out on the table. That's nice. Yeah. But Jackson, oh, he loved you so much. I mean, there's a, he's the oldest. So there was he's, a long time. Yeah. He and was he, was born on my, he was born he on my birthday you. and he was the only one for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So we have, he's we so have happy now to be surrounded by, you know, by, be surrounded by more family. Yes. I'm sure because everyone idolizes him because he's the cool one. Yes. Yes. Oh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Life is good and it's very precious and we don't know what's going to happen. You know, as you know, things happen every day that's not expected. So we just have to live each and day. You were, and you work with a lot of people who they're going through they're going through their own things too. I mean, when you're working with someone who's trying to buy a house, especially as a first time home buyer, they're learning so many things. They're going through their own things. And, you know, if they have something where they lose their job or they lose a family and like they're all of that goes into whatever their transaction is. I right. mean, you're, so you're going through your things, but you're also helping other people navigate through their own. Yeah. And we, I've become so close to clients. Like they are like family, truly. We get to know each other so well. Yeah, you know, I mean, even us, I mean, we don't even live anywhere near. You've never been able to be at any of our, I mean, every, everything we ever bought up there, you were at, at the closings. I'm sure this is the closing yes. we wanted to go to, right? Yes. The keys. right. But we closed on this house that we're in. It's our dream house that we, we bought, fixed, sold, bought, you know, like we right. made our way to our dream house. And I mean, we're not like fixer upper people who have their own show on HGTV. Like we're just regular right. working class people who are just doing their best to, to get to the dream, you know? Um, and we, you helped us close on this house. We bought this house and closed on it a week before they closed the keys in March of 2020. Oh, wow. And we Was were it? thinking, oh, wow. we were thinking we either just made the best decision of our life or the worst decision of our life. Like <laughs> I remember Tim was raking the rocks out in front of the yard. And I was like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? And he said, they just closed the keys. The troopers, they're there. They're closing. You're not allowed in unless you can prove residency. I don't know if we made it. I don't know if we just lost everything. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like okay, okay. All right. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yes. But nobody really knew what, the, what was going to happen with the pandemic until, until we did. Right. Right. But you made a great decision, a great move. It's paradise there. It is. I mean, we, 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 we know, and we know how lucky we are. We're so grateful every day for what we have. And we, and nothing was handed to us. Both of our parents Absolutely. have passed, but right. we inherited, you know, we inherited, we inherited, you know, paying for funerals and I inherited my brother, <laughs> I mean, but we <laughs> right. worked hard. You worked where we're so at. hard. But yeah. we're also so grateful because there are other people who have worked so hard and have, you know, just everyone has different situations and we're so grateful for the things that we have, regardless of, right. you know, if we got them, we, you know, even though we worked hard, it doesn't matter. We're still grateful, extremely yeah. grateful for what we have.
Yes. And then you, you post the most inspiring things on Facebook. I love your Facebook feed because every single day I'm like, and some of them are make, they're like, Oh, that's what I hadn't thought about it like that. Right. That's true. And one of the ones that you posted recently today, it looks like five hours ago, I'm looking at my Facebook feeds because I was trying to find a really good one. Mm-hmm. But you said your mind is a magnet. And I know we feel the same way here. You said your mind is a magnet. If you think of blessings, you attract blessings. If you think of problems, you attract problems. Always cultivate good thoughts and remain positive and optimistic. And that's how you are. Yes. And what does that mean to you? When you is that, that when I got up, I get up very early in the morning because you could see that was five hours ago, right? So I'm up at like four or five o'clock. And I was thinking about this podcast today and your theme of, you know, thrive, thriving and being happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking about. And all of a sudden that came up on my feed. It's God like, wink. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is like exactly what Laura's podcast is focused on. It is. It is. That's what I try to focus it on. But that's I mean, you, what sometimes you got to talk today. about the challenges in order to talk about how to overcome them because so many people get stuck in the challenge. Right. Just to think positive. And even, you know, my son Jonathan's going through some challenging things. He has some medical things and his boat broke. Not his, the boat that went to the Bahamas, but another boat that he has broke. And he was like all negative. And I said, Jonathan, you have to think of the positive. Like, let's turn it around. Let's turn it, turn what you're, how you're thinking around. And he felt so much better after we talked through it in a positive way. It does. It, it does. It, what you're feeling does attract more of what you're feeling, but it's so hard when, when you're in the middle of it, sometimes you don't realize that you're right. in the middle of it. Right. Right. And that's the way, like I said, when, right after my mother died and I was going, 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 and then it crashed in June and I was very, you know, didn't want to go anywhere. Didn't want to do anything. Was very introverted, which isn't me. Didn't want to talk. And then I really had to think about that. I had that, that wasn't going to be good. Not even, it wasn't good for me, but it wasn't going to be good for my children and my grandchildren. If I wasn't here and, and happy and engaged and that I had to just pick myself up and turn it around. So Lucy, what do you think is in your future? Do you, do you think you're just going to keep, I mean, you go a hundred miles an hour. I don't, I, I don't even know. I, I don't, I work a lot and you work more. I, I don't even know how you do it. I've seen you in action because I work with you. You're like the energizer bunny. <laughs> I, you're the extrovert. You're the outgoing. You used to do loan applications and conversations in English, then in Spanish. And you like, I can't even keep up with you at all. And so what, are you, how, how, how much longer are you going to go under miles an hour? Yeah. So I'm just going to keep going until I can't like, there's, like I said before, not an age, like I'm not saying, well, I'm just going to be, you know, retire at 65 or 70. I'm just going to keep doing it because I love it mm-hmm. until I can't do it anymore. So I'm, I just want to continue to help people. I want to have time with my family. And I do. I take that time now. We do trips to get family vacations, you know, maybe long weekends. Mm-hmm. It's not very easy to go away with so many little kids for like a week's time and that's the nice thing that both of your sons had kids around they're around the same age of each other yeah. which is really nice but kind of total so we madness do, we do more like long weekends you know you know maybe like a friday to a monday just splattered around and i i'd rather do short 
weekend several times a year than, you know, one week cruise that's going to cost the same as if I split up a couple of weekends and we have right. that together. We oh, even do vacations just here in Jensen Beach at the hotel. Oh, there's so much to do. Just to be out of the house and in that atmosphere of being on vacation, the kid, little kids love going no matter where they go. They oh, no. love they're, going. They're, going they're, they're very much mirrors of their father and their grandma, and they're just happy-go-lucky kids. They're always yeah. up for the adventure. No, I am just so thankful and so blessed, and that you know, I just am so so happy that my life turned out the way it is because. There were times back then when the kids were younger on my own. I didn't know where our future was going to be, but I knew it had to be good. And I had to do what I had to do for my kids. So what's something that you're focusing on toward? I mean, everybody's talks about New Year's resolutions and the new year and the new you and the different strategies and things that they're going to do. Is there anything that's on your horizon or your bucket list or something that you're looking to do with the kids or change something about yourself or work out or all the, you know, what the typical Definitely goals to, are, you know, healthy to get healthy and, um, lose weight <laughs> and just watch just my health. I really, and, and it's not even for me, like the thought, like I said before, behind it is I need to be here for my family. So I need to take care of myself. That's what I think what I do, a lot of things I do, I do not for me, but in thought, in the thought of other people's needs. So even taking care of myself, I'm thinking of it as because they need me around and I want to be do. around. They do. I that's one thing. When my mom passed away, Tim and I, we just, that's when we start. that's when we got healthy. That's when we lost right. our weight. That's when we made some major decisions around we can't just keep saying, well, we're stress eaters and well, you know, right. this is how we've always been. We, my parents both passed away young. My dad was 49. My mom was 63. His parents were, you know, in their seventies. And we, we just decided when my mom passed, she was the last fam parent that we had, you know? Right. So we said, we got to make some choices here. We want to, we want to be around to live this good life. And we want to be around for our family and we want to be, yes. you know, so that that's when we made decisions too. And I want to continue to, you know, spend special time with each of my grandchildren. Cause like I said, chaotic to have all of them together. It's great. But just to have that special, I think because of the way I had that special time with Jackson for when it was just Jackson for so many years mm -hmm. to have special time with each one of them individually. Um, and they're going to remember that forever. Be part of it. You know, I loved when I, I loved school drop off and school pickup. It's, it's different now than it was years ago. Honestly, years ago, I used to drop my kids off, but my parents picked my kids up from school every day. Cause I was working. Um, but it's so different now with being able to work from home, but you go, you school gets out at four 15. You have to be at the pickup line at three o'clock to be at the front. Otherwise you're, you're all the way at the end waiting an hour to get through. So oh it's crazy. Gosh. It's just crazy to see how many people actually are on the line an hour before school gets out. I guess most people work, a lot of people work from home or on, they're remotely on their phone working. Right. But I love school pickup. I love, I bet when they see you, they just light up. I mean, when, yeah, when I they just know grandma's picking up. That's, yeah. That's and Mason and Oliver time. both 
Mason and Oliver both started kindergarten at the same school. So it's so cute to, you know, see them together. I'll drive Mason sometimes. Um, my son will drive Oliver and the boys wait for each other to, to have breakfast. Mason oh. was out of school with an ear infection for three days this week and Oliver didn't go to breakfast. And he was so excited when I took Thursday night when I said Mason was going back to school yesterday because they were going to meet for breakfast. And when we got there, there was Oliver waiting for Mason to have breakfast. Oh, that's so, so cute. Just to see them grow up together as cousins, mm -hmm. have those bonds and, and continue that family closeness. I hope goes on for many, many more years. Oh, I'm sure it will. Thank you, Lucy. Well, thank you so much for your time. I always love chatting with you. I was yes. so pleased we could catch up the other day. And thank you so much for agreeing to chat with us here and be on my Anytime. podcast because you're the epitome of happiness, no matter the circumstances and constant, but not just saying that you're happy, but finding happiness. You yes. always look for happiness and thank it you. makes such a huge difference in your life and the difference you make in other people's lives. Thank you, Laura. I wish you and Tim a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too, Lucy. All Merry right. Christmas. All right, I'm gonna stop. Three key takeaways from the podcast episode, A Beacon of Positivity, Lucy Cranker's Journey to Success and Family Unity. Number one, age is not a limit. Passion knows no bounds. Number two, embrace technology for work-life harmony. And number three, create lasting memories while excelling in your career. And there you have it, Thrive Tribe. We hope this episode sparked inspiration so you can shift from surviving to thriving by doing more of what you love. Remember, the journey to manifesting your best life starts with embracing what you love and letting those happy vibes lead the way. If you're ready to continue this uplifting journey, hit that subscribe button and join us for more episodes filled with inspiration, real stories, and practical tips to fuel your path to happiness and success. Don't forget to connect with us on social media to share your own stories of thriving and manifesting. Tag us using hashtag happy thrive vibes. We can't wait to hear from you. As always, thank you for being part of our thriving community. Until next time, keep radiating those positive vibes and manifesting the life you love. Keep thriving.